Hi guys, welcome to the Second Wife Life podcast. This is Melissa. And I'm Shay. And we are college best friends who are living 3,000 miles away, but we share a very similar story. So join us in our journey as first-time wives, automatic mamas, and navigating through this beautiful life. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we have two very important guests with us, Colby and Dave. Say hi guys. Hey. Hey. Welcome. Well, yeah, today we got um we got Dave and Colby guys and we brought them on to talk, get, kind of get their side a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so we had I guess like three main areas that we wanted to talk to you guys about and hopefully give some of our listeners out there a little insight as to your guys side of everything. Um so Shay, did you want to start with the first first topic? Yeah, so we have like three little points that we wanted to talk with Colby and Dave about. Um, And the first one, we'll just kind of, I guess you guys can just take turns sharing your side. But the first one we wanted to bring up was, did you guys have any fears with O and E about um, introducing someone new to them that could potentially be a new parent to them? Was there any fears or concerns that you guys might have ever had after your divorce? Or like even getting back into like the dating game. Yeah, that too. As far as the dating game goes, I mean, yes, I would tell people I had a son. Never brought E around any uh, of the girls, I guess, that I was dating or, you know, went out with. Um, He was just, I kind of just kept him away from all that until I guess it was, you know, I felt comfortable. Um, I didn't really bring him around many in general, I would say maybe two or three at the most, but, uh, I thought you never brought I thought I was the first one you introduced him to. No. Yeah. That, Oh, <laughs> Oh, Oh, you told me I was. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. All right, here we go. You had introduced him to two people, but were there any like concerns about him meeting, meeting anybody? Did you ever have fears or anything? I wouldn't say fears, just, kind of wanted to see how their reaction was as far as when it comes to being around a kid or you know something like that but uh I mean I think the only times he would like I said when he was around someone was only like maybe once or twice other than when you know we met Mm -hmm. and that's when he was actually like hung out with the with us all three of us so but as far as fear I didn't really have much fear for him I just kind of let it be and see and just kind of see how the vibe went. Gauge it. Yeah. What about you, Colby? Oh, wait, I had a question real quick for Jake. Oh. So, like when you did bring E around, would you tell him like what was happening or was it just like, hey, we're going to go hang out with one of my friends? Did you keep him in the dark as far as like the dating term? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't because I would, yeah, I would just say, you know, we're going to go hang out, you know, with this girl or we're gonna go get you know food somewhere and you know my friend's coming and then you know that was basically how I did it got it it's a good question what about you I think he was younger than Oscar (laughs) Oscar (laughs) so Oscar the Grouch was three by the time (laughs) that I started to even try entering the dating game but I've never really dated before since I was married for so long and 
entering the dating game, I wasn't even trying to date. It was just, I was flirting a lot and then trying to get to know everybody that I possibly could and hope for the best. So Melissa, Melissa and I, we met on the beach finally. And that was the first time that Oscar had been around anybody, but they didn't even meet because he had poop. So we dipped from the beach before Melissa ever even came out of the water. And then the next time we hung out, it was with all of her friends and one of mine. So, and it wasn't a date. It was just, we were going to hang out. And then we went back to her house that night to, and we had a Derby party. So like, it wasn't, I didn't, I never entered the dating game. It just kind of fluidly happened. And I never thought about actually dating anybody or introducing Oscar to anybody. That never really had to enter my mind at that time because I wasn't trying to necessarily date. That wasn't your goal at the time. Right. No. Yeah. I was just trying to meet people that smelled good. Just for our listeners, um, the Darby party that he is referring to, there was a hurricane that was coming through Hawaii that weekend, and we decided to go out snorkeling that morning, um, and then it started getting super stormy, so that night, we, me and my roommates had a party at our house, like a hurricane party, so that's when Colby, Oscar, and his friend came over. <laughs> I have a question for you, Colby. When it was like you, Melissa and Oscar for like the first time, did he have any questions as to like who Melissa was or anything around that nature? No, it was, she was just another person to hang out with. Yeah. But he was too. I think that's yeah. how he thought of it. He didn't think of it as anything else. Mm-mm. Yeah, but he, they were young, so. Yeah, they were both they three even, when Melissa yeah. and I came into the picture. So they didn't really know anything different, really. Yeah, he- and especially I think for Colby, like always having so many friends around, you know, like being in the military, there was always people hanging out, doing things together. So I was just like a new person in the mix. So the next one for you guys that Shane and I talked about was how did you guys know that it was like right to, I guess like not only just introduce Shay and I to the boys, but like have us be involved, so involved as we were, like kind of from the get-go, like Colby had mentioned, it just happened like so fluidly, you know, but at what point were you super comfortable being like, okay, like the, how are you going to explain this to the boys to get them to kind of understand what's happening? Like with you, you said- like, because he was so young, I don't even think I had to explain anything to him. I just let it kind of. Well, like, okay, let me ask you this then. Like you said earlier, he had met like two other girls before yeah, me, but only it was basically like going out for like. like and it was getting... only like one time. Exactly. So what on your end made it for me be more than like one time? Like what made you well, we realize. more than one time. <laughs> so uh, <kind> of... <laughs> I guess that answers it. Yeah. And, you know, we did. Yeah, we just hung out. You know, we saw each other before E was even kind of involved, I guess. Right. To the point where we would have to bring him with us to places. Right. So after the first time the three of us hung out, like when we went to the science center, yeah. like, was there anything that you're like, okay, we can keep doing more together yeah, as a three the of way us? You, you and him just interacted. Like, I could tell that he was fully comfortable. And that was the main thing. As long as he was comfortable, I was okay with it. You were fine. I didn't, I didn't really have to worry about you because I could just tell that you weren't scared like well you might have been but to me I couldn't see that so it is scary yeah meeting I'm the sure. child for the first time no matter what age it is it's scary yeah 
So did, you didn't have to explain anything to Oscar either? I did. He, I, I, I did. With Oscar, he had to go to, he was mandated. We were mandated to go to play therapy. So I had to talk to the therapist after he talked to therapists and they would diagnose him with the typical psychological disorders that children get whenever trauma happens. But he wasn't doing, in my opinion, he was just being a child. So they were the ones that introduced like, oh, who is your dad seeing now? And so that was in November-ish of 2016. So, of course, whenever he came out, I was mandated to explain who my girlfriend was, but he did not care. So he was too young to understand what relationships are or have that emotional intelligence to even care. He just, it was just somebody that we were hanging out with on the weekends on the regular. That's true. That makes a good point too. Cause I mean, at that age, they're not even really fully aware. Um, I think on our end, he may have had somewhat of an idea of a relationship just based on his biological mom and her boyfriend, cause they were living together. And so he knew that dynamic versus. Yeah. And that was before, way before we even met. Cause that was like immediately. So exactly. That was right after the divorce. So it, it, he knew that, that difference versus you and him and that dynamic and then me coming into the picture he may have slowly put two and two together but i think he was a little bit more aware of the idea than maybe oscar was i kind of have a question that i just thought of right now but i feel like it'll probably just be like an easy answer for you guys when like we all moved in together for the first time was that anything that you had to have a conversation with the boys about i just saw this question right now for us was when we bought the house so it was like a whole surprise thing with Evan we did for him right but did you ever have a conversation with him after that because we weren't living together no, still never did just went with it like he did yeah he yeah was all, he just all went on with, it, so yeah he, he was about what about you Colby did you have to say anything to O about moving in together no he came back to a whole new bedroom a whole new house so I was potentially going to become a recruiter for the Marine Corps but I got out of that after a couple of weeks just because I was a single father in the Marine Corps. So they don't try and like add extra stressors on you. So I left July 4th and came back like August something. No, you were home. It was like the end of July. I was gone for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and, like three weeks. Um, then, well, I had moved, I had moved out of my house on base. <laughs> in june though so we were bumming it in melissa's one bedroom apartment for two weeks a couple weeks yeah. and then he went to california and then when he when he came back in december he we were in a new house already and he had his own bedroom yeah i remember when all that that happened i mean that was kind of similar with e we were house hunting and never even really took him with us or told him about there's one time we took him with us but that was because your parents came with us that too this house. and that was this house yeah so um and then we didn't even tell him we bought it we we surprised him and was just kind of like Here's yeah. Our new house. Yeah. yeah i was just curious if you guys ever had conversations with them like without melissa and i present about moving in together as a, a, a family well i think that's one of the perks of them like being so young you know, that they just, they go with the flow and to like Colby's point, like at that point, they don't really like 
have any like decisions, so to speak about it, you know, it's just, Hey, this is what's happening. Like I'm going to, you know, school for Marine Corps for a little bit. So we're moving out of our house on base. And at that point, I mean, we were talking about, we knew we were going to move in together whenever you came back home, but I don't know if he was privy. Yeah. From school. Like, I don't know if he was like, I don't know if Oscar was privy to that because we knew he, cause then Colby had to leave again for eight weeks for training. So he was gone that whole time. So it was okay. You went to school, came back for a few weeks, went again for two months. And then that's when we moved in, like officially in together in a new house. And during the time Colby was gone, Oscar was in California, you know, so when Colby flew to pick him up and bring him back to Hawaii, you know, we were in a new house and it was a surprise, like what you guys did with E. And he was just so stoked, like, I have a new bedroom. We like decorated it all cute for him. So when he came home from the airport, oh my God, Colby brought him a like Hawaii outfit. So it was like a matching set of shorts and like a short sleeve Aloha shirt. Then he comes back wearing it with rain boots. (laughs) It was the funniest outfit, but (laughs) it was super cute. You have a picture of it somewhere. It was funny. I love it. He was just so stoked. And then it was Christmas time, you know, so it, he came back at at an exciting time and there was so much going on with, the holidays as well, you know, so I don't even realize at that age, like, do they even know what hit them? No, it's true. I completely agree. Like, I think the excitement of the house and the new bedroom and all that is what, you know, they were mostly focused on more than the three of us living together. Um, I do like, I, I agree. Well, this kind of goes to that point too. Like when we told E that we were getting married, he was kind of like, okay, like, he was excited, but he didn't really understand what that was because the three of us were together all the time anyway. So nothing was really changing. And I'm sure O felt the same way. But I think that goes back to what you guys were both saying is it's you, they're so young and they don't really quite understand everything, but yet they pick up on things. Yeah. So like with us getting married, like there are things that he gets so excited about. And like when we got engaged, like he like would not stop saying like congratulations we're, and he was so excited that we were getting married like literally would tell people at the grocery store like strangers and you know because he was a little bit older we were able to explain like what it means to get married and I'm sure you had conversations with him like before we even got engaged because he kept the ring a secret like all Oscar knew about the ring you know, for months. <laughs> he, he didn't tell E any of E cannot keep a secret at all. So he had no idea. <laughs> yeah. So Oscar like was just so excited. And like even now is I'm so happy that you guys are married. Like we're officially an official family now. Like us getting married was so meaningful to him to have like that like family. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he didn't really have that before. So it, it meant more to him than anything. The biggest struggle for Oscar in school and with his friends is explaining the different conversations about his mothers. So people that knew him before would be like, where's your mom? And he'd be like, right here. And the kids would be like, eh, that's not her. And Oscar would be like, yes, it is. So that was the biggest struggle with Oscar that he 
didn't have the words to be able to explain what a stepmother was efficiently to other children. Who don't understand the concept. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I agree with that. And I think E, I don't know if E ever struggled with it, but he was calling me or introducing me as his stepmom even before we were married, just because he knew we were getting married and that's what it was going to be. He would tell his teachers or friends or whatever. But um, I do think that I think that is hard at that age, though, although not a lot of kids understand it because their parents are still together. So they don't understand the dynamic at all. Yeah. And then I don't think like when we moved in, I don't you you and Oscar talk about literally everything. You know, you were super transparent with him yes. always, you know, so before we moved in, did you ever have a conversation like, hey, we're you? we're going to be moving in together when you come back? No, I was going to say this earlier that uh, I don't have, we never had the discussion about moving in. It was more of a discussion that I'm going to start dating this girl. And how do you feel about that? Whether or not he agreed with it, it wouldn't have mattered. And like, I would have forced him to agree with it eventually, <laughs> but he, he was more than okay with it regardless. But we, yeah, we all, I always made sure to talk about everything with Oscar and it didn't matter if he understood it or not. I would just do my best to articulate it. And if he understood it, he understood it. If he had questions, he would ask them. Otherwise, he was just like, cool. Yeah. Go to the beach. What would you have done, Colby, if for whatever reason, I mean, obviously we know Oscar loved Melissa from the get-go, but what would you have done if he was not a fan of her? Okay, well, what's the problem here? Cause I like her. So then if Oscar doesn't like her, then there must be a deep instinctual feeling that is not okay. But yeah. at that time I was facilit I, I was facilitating a strong relationship between the bio mom and Oscar. So he never felt like he had to give up anything in order to gain Melissa. And I think that was what was important in integrating Alyssa into our relationship is that he didn't feel like he was losing anything. He was just gaining more. But if, yeah. if it felt like I was, I feel like if he felt like I was just cutting something off and then trying to plug that hole in, then it would have been completely different, but that's not how it was at all. Well, yeah, especially when, I mean, with your situation too, having full custody, it's a whole another dynamic versus Dave having 50, 50. So there was no like, quote unquote, replacement hole to fill or what you were saying, basically. What about you? If E didn't like me, would you have cut things off? I mean, I, he is so easygoing. I don't think he would like ever even true, say yeah. anything or even. Dave, you got to play the hypothetical game. For I know. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, I'm to make sure I don't say anything bad. Get Shay mad at me. But, uh, this is, no, I'm not getting mad at you. This is, yeah, she is. We just won't hear about it. <laughs> no, I won't get mad because this is all, like Colby says, hypothetical. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I'd ever, like, stop seeing you over it or anything like that. I think like it'll just have to take time. It might have to take longer, you know, yeah. of a process. Just, you know, maybe not move as fast as it did, obviously. It just would, you know, slowly, maybe not every... You know, when I'd have them, we just wouldn't hang out all the time. It'd yeah. just be, you know, more, you know, maybe once a week or twice a week and just Makes sense. try to build it. Yeah, which I think is more common than what Melissa and I went through. I think Melissa and I, and I've said this before on another episode, is we got, I think we got lucky in the sense that the boys were so young 
that there was nothing really to compare us to as far as like mom wise, relationship wise, because they've always known mom here, dad here. And then we just kind of ease our way in versus some situations, a, you know, bonus mom or dad can come into a situation a lot later when that child's older and they can compare the, well, you're not my mom and you're not my dad. And that whole dynamic, which I think takes more time to kind of gain the child's trust than what Melissa and I kind of went through. Facts. 100%. Hey, you're taking my line from me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, yeah, I agree with that. Them being so young and then to your point, you know, like you weren't trying to replace. And then obviously in your guys' situation, like Dave, you weren't trying to replace. Yeah. And I would never do that. Yeah. Because he still has her in his life, you know, so he, he's getting the best of both. And then Colby with his facilitation at the time was trying to maintain both, you know, and not a cut one out, replace it with another. And I think that's really important too. Like there's so many situations out there where, you know, they could be in like a 50, 50 situation like you guys, but then each biological parent is trying to cancel the other one out and make it a competition. And that's where things get so unhealthy. And that just ends up more as like a mind game for the kid. hundred percent. You don't want to know. No, tell me, tell us. All right. So I just imagine those parents that have older children that are getting new relationships just to try and replace the old relationship of the bio, whatever. And you could nickname that new relationship a butt plug. Because they're they're like plugging it in, but it's a shitty situation. (laughs) US. (laughs) You butt plug of a relationship. But I think... That, I mean, it's true though, because I think some, some parents, do, I mean, not every situation ends, ends well. I think, yeah, I mean, no divorce ends amicably. Like there's always going to be, you know, some kind of emotional attachment to it. And it sucks when the parents try to replace like Colby was saying, and that's not, that's where things get tricky for sure. And I don't think that's fair to the child in any way, shape or form. Yeah, or competition, trying to up the other... Yeah. And at the end of the day, like all four, whether the bio mom, the bio bio dad, both remarry, then there's four parents for that child or children. And all four of them have to work together. Not every situation's like that. Like we don't necessarily work with the bio mom at all, unfortunately, but that's just the way it is. But at the end of the day, like there are four parents, like it's not just one and one. Yeah. I feel like the parents that pit their children against the opposite side and create that battle, that conflict within the child. Yeah, and actually that is a form of abuse. Um, That is called parental alienation. So when you're pitting one parent against the other, like for the child, like, oh, well, your dad doesn't do this, but my boyfriend does this for you. You know, like you're highlighting the things that one parent doesn't do, but that you do or that your new significant other does. Like that is 100% like mental abuse. And that can actually like stand in court. Um, Yeah, if anyone's interested, it's called parental alienation. Go look it up. Um, It's super interesting. There's a lot of good things about it as well online. and 
from like my own research into it, you know, like you're typically dealing with like narcissists who exhibit that parental alienation towards another parent. Um, and if any of our listeners are like experiencing anything like that, like go look it up. Um, there's, there's a lot of good information on there and there are like signs that you can look for like within your child, if they're saying certain things or all of a sudden they have like a changed heart or, you know, they're feeling a different way about you or one of the other parents, like there are signs in there um, that you can look for. And yeah, it's totally actionable because it's considered abuse. It's good to know. Yeah. It's really good to know. Better to have the discussion with the other family that is causing that parental alienation before taking it to court though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 100%. I agree. Like have that conversation like, Hey, I'm not sure if you realize this is what's happening, but you know, with the kid or the children are, are expressing these feelings. Like, do you know where this potentially could be coming from? Um, you know, and try to handle it as best as you can, but not in like an escalated state, you know, ask, yeah. ask probing questions about it instead of flat out saying, you're alienating me. Yeah. Like, we're going to get you anywhere. Um, which I guess accusing can be bad. And that's when people get defensive and it goes the wrong way. For sure. Um, so I guess that can lead us into like our last little section um, with Dave and Colby about like any advice that you guys have for anyone like going through like the integration or I mean you just had like a great snippet of you know trying to communicate with the other person and keeping things amicable instead of always running the well I'm taking you to court card you know because you can only bark up that tree so many times. Yeah, I, I mean, that is a show of itself of mine. So I could talk for days about all of the advice that I have about becoming a single father and reintegrating a familial situation into a toddler. So I would need a specific question. What and is, I could go on about that. Okay, well, what is one, or not one, what is some advice you would give to someone that's recently divorced and maybe trying to integrate a new relationship. How's that? No matter what your circumstances start or continue therapy and keep a journal. That's what made leaps and bounds for me. I mean, I've pretty much always done that throughout my life, but the only way that people know how you feel are is how well you can make them understand how you're feeling. And the only way to do that with is with words. So if you're not able to use your words well enough to make them understand how you're feeling and where you're coming from, you're never going to get anywhere with the relationships that are in your life. So go to therapy, learn the terms to use for the feelings that you have in order to articulate them efficiently to everybody in your life. So if you're feeling down, you're not just feeling down. You have specific feelings about certain circumstances. So, but in order to do that, you have to have a little bit more of an education on how to articulate those feelings. That uh, was a mouthful, I'm sorry. But like just knowing how to articulate to other people in your lives on how you're feeling is the most important thing. I think that's smart. I think that's good. What about you? Do you have any advice to anybody that's gone through what you've gone through? Um, I mean, just take it slow. There's no rush with the kid. I mean, you don't have to, you know, introduce them right away. Just, you know, do everything slow and ask them. You can ask them too, you know, what What do you think of so-and-so? You know, what did you like about them? What don't you like about them? 
just keep it simple because with us, since the kids were so young, you can only have talk, you know, you can only have so many conversations yeah, yeah. or what you're even, you know, talking about. You got to keep it simple. But I think the whole not rushing and trying to push someone saying, you know, just force the relationship. Yeah. Just, yeah, just, just try not to force it, I think is the best. Let it be natural. Yeah. yeah. The more natural, the better. Difference between jelly and jam. <laughs> Wait, I just thought of one more question for Colby that I want to throw out there. Um, <laughs> what did you think? Um, Melissa's talked about this a few times. And I remember when um, you guys first started dating, she would text me all the time because she wasn't like really a kid person. Did that have any effect on you at all? Or did you laugh at the fact that she was not into kids, but then hanging out with Oscar? She was very upfront about that. However, Oscar is not at, at the point when Melissa met him, I was still having tribulations with Oscar in regards to making him less suitable citizen of America. She only saw it a couple times. I think the first time you got to experience it was at Target whenever I said no like three times to a toy and he like threw himself down and had a convulsion. But prior, I had to deal with that all the time. And it was just like, I don't deal with this. And I would pick him up and we'd go to the car and I would sit there and just be like, until you can talk about it, we're going to be here. And then we would talk about it and then we'd go home and he did, he still didn't get what he wanted. So like, well, it was great that she didn't have any real experience in kids because then I got to mold and she was on the sidelines in the beginning. Yeah. So it was a very fit. And then she integrated and was like, Colby, you should not be so rough with him. And she was right. You know, like, Oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff with him. And I like to tease Oscar a lot. And Melissa will tamper down, which is nice because I feel like I'm an empathetic person, but there's definitely a different type of empathy that comes from the better half of the relationship. It's a good perspective coming in. Yeah, well, and I think it helps too because Colby has a certain parenting style. Like every parent has their own parenting style. But because I'm not such like a child-driven person, I was never like, oh my gosh, like be gentle with him. Or oh my gosh, he needs to wear a helmet for that. Or oh my goodness, why are you letting him try some coffee? You know, like I wasn't, you know, freaking out over those things. Like I like I definitely know some people who would. Right. You know, like at the beginning, I was just on the sideline because I didn't really know how kids worked. Um, and he has always treated Oscar, you know, like a little adult. Like I've said it before, Colby was and is raising his best friend and he's going to be treated as such, not like, you know, a three, four-year-old all the time. There were obviously times where he was with like, you know, routine, bedtime, school. Like there were obviously like childlike things that were done, but overall Colby was raising him to be like this awesome little human and not a child who was babied and so because I'm not child driven I didn't have that like babying tendency in me and I think that too helped a lot because I was able to like learn from Colby and I agreed with a lot like no like he's going to be a little human, not this whiny, bratty little thing that's going to throw fits everywhere. And that first fit at Target, that was after we had been together for 
that was when I moved into my apartment. So that was like four months into the relationship where like I saw the first, you know, tantrum from him. And honestly, like I would have thrown a tantrum. Like it was well-deserved. It was nine o'clock at night. We were at Target. You know, I needed something for my apartment. They were helping me move that day. You know, so Oscar didn't have a nap that day because he was just like, go, 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 you know? Um, and he was tired, wanted a toy, said no. And so he threw himself down in the aisle at Target. Like, you know what, kid? Like, you deserved that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for like, sure. I probably would have done it too. I, and as an adult, I'm tired. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then it was like months again before I saw another one because it was just, no, like, you don't get to scream and throw a fit. Like, let's try to articulate it. If you just need to scream right now because you don't have your words, that's fine. But like Colby said, we're going to go out in the car. We're going to go home and then we can talk about it later. Yeah. You know, um, so like that, that I think helped a lot. We're on like a very similar page. But it's all so situational, you know, like if I, if I was one to like totally like baby children, like we wouldn't have worked. Like babying is do at times, you know, like when they're hurt or they don't feel well. Um, but other than that, like, let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, and if we weren't on the same page with that, I think I, yeah, we definitely wouldn't have worked. If I babied Oscar the way I baby our dogs, we definitely wouldn't be together. <laughs> Kids just keep it always upbeat. You know, even if you're feeling down, you just, you put on a face anyways. There's no reason to degrade their innocence because of the situation that you're going through. Agreed. Oh, that's gold, babe. Because you see that so much where, you know, kids pick up on everything. And if you're going through something tough, especially like, you know, with a breakup, um, let alone a breakup with like their biological parent, like you need to put on a face that, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It is okay. It is okay. Not, I can't believe your mom did this. I can't believe your dad did this, you know, because that becomes such a toxic environment for the kid. Um, And then they're not going to grow up knowing who to trust, like which parent can I go to if they're constantly bickering and complaining about each other and, you know, melting down all the time. Yeah. It's true. No, that's a really good valid point too. And also to like, to Colby's point, like with their innocence, like they're going to say things about the other parent that you're like, you know, that like could grind your gears a little bit. But again, you need to protect that innocence because that's what they know. That's how they feel. Like they're genuine in what they say and it's coming from an innocent place. And you can't be the one to shatter that innocence for them. They have to realize these things on their own. Oh, totally. I agree. And I think that's why even as us as bonus parents, we have to be very careful what we say coming into the picture based on, I mean, every situation is different, but knowing things about your own situation definitely needs to be, you got to keep to yourself at times and be very careful on what you say and how you phrase things, especially if it's about the biological parent, because you don't want that child affected in any way, shape or form, or look at you in a bad way for talking bad about their mom or dad or anything like that. Which kind of goes back to that one episode about respect that Melissa and I talked about as hard as it is to keep your mouth shut sometimes. And it feels like being punched in the stomach sometimes about certain things. You have to not judge and be respectful at the end of the day. What was the question that you had originally asked me that I answered? The the very Huh? The advice no. one? No, there was one after that was specific. Oh, oh because he didn't like kids. Yes, so. that one. 
Oh, yeah. I was going to ask if, Shay, you've always adored kids in, I'm assuming. So it was... Yeah, I did. I had always worked with kids. Like, I taught swimming. Um, I did, like, theater kids stuff. I always babysat. Yeah, I always enjoyed them. Oh, so that was an easy integration. Yeah, I was. I was never, like, scared or nervous or anything. I mean, I was nervous and scared in the fact that, like, I'm meeting my boyfriend's child in that sense. Like, <laughs> like that's a big deal. But as far as like kids go, I wasn't nervous in that, that aspect. I think it would be fun for them. Okay. So since it's your first time on the show, you need to give us your biggest dad fail like ever. Yes, I agree. Cause we always do the mom win and mom fail. So we need you guys to at least give a good, good dad fail. Good dad fail. It could have been recently. It could have been when the boys were babies uh, so I used to, in my backyard, I would fill up as many inflatable pools as I could. And eventually I ended up with like six or seven of them. And they were all full of water, but we hadn't played in like three or four of the new ones. So I was throwing Oscar from pool to pool. And in one of the new pools in Hawaii, we have thorny trees. They're called kiawe. And the branches will fall down. And so there was like an inch-long branch sticking through the bottom of a pool. And when I threw Oscar through one of the poles, it like gouged his whole thigh open. So like half of his skin was filleted open. It didn't reach muscle, but that was my dad fail. I had to take him to the ER and get... All they did was butterfly bandage because he was so young. He didn't need stitches and it would just heal really fast. But... Like immediately the pool was a murder scene and it was like nine o'clock in the morning. And I, I was on nights at the time. So I had gone home like four hours earlier, you know, and I was just, I felt terrible. That was, that's probably the worst I've ever felt in regards to, How old was he? Uh, I don't know, like nine months, 10 months old. Oh, he was little. Yeah, just strong enough to hold his head up so I could throw him from pool to pool. Yeah, those thorns hurt so bad. Like we've like you go to some of the beaches here and you step on them and they immediately just like puncture your foot and they're thick too. Like think of like a rose bush, but like an inch long thorn or half inch and it's just thick and it sits in your foot and you have to like pull it out it's not you know like when you step on like those pricklies in a park and it like hurts but then you like shake your foot and then it falls out it's like that but you have to like pull it yeah they hurt so and they'll go through shoes too they're awful these are worse too because they have a resin that sits on the outside of the thorn and it's the opposite of a mosquito bites saliva so like you know how a mosquito bite will happen and you don't know about it until it's already gone and it's because they have that numbing agent well, these thorns have the complete opposite. Like, it's immediately like a uh, worse than a bee sting. It hurts so bad. Uh, yeah. What about you? Do you have a dad fail? Probably the one that you mentioned. Uh, Losing his glasses. Yeah, at the trampoline park, uh, the indoor one. They had a zip line into a foam pit, and it was his first time going down it. And he wore his glasses, so I put the glasses inside my shirt mind you i asked if he wanted me to hold the glasses because i was recording it and he goes no it's fine i'll stick it in my shirt and i was like okay so then i sent him down and he did it and then i was like oh i might as well just do it too totally forgetting about the glasses go down fall in the foam pit glasses are gone 
lost them. Completely lost. And then, so they had, we asked about it and they said, we can come back at midnight when they close. Cause people lose stuff all the time and we could dig through yeah, the like foam pit eight, to find like it. Feet deep, 10 feet deep. Huge. So we're like, all right, I guess like, and he had just gotten these glasses. Like he's only had them for maybe like a couple months, if that. And so we went back at midnight and digging, digging. Yeah. and there were other people there digging for a phone in the foam pit next to us. And so we, yeah, we put eat a bed at your parents' house. And then we went back at midnight, so tired. And then luckily I found them. She found them like right away. Right away. So we didn't have to dig very far. So it must've like gotten shuffled from like everyone else being in there. But I had pulled out maybe like 10 of the little foam things before finding it. That was probably the only time Shay was right. I should have (laughs) gave. Only time? Okay. (laughs) Man, I would have given up. I would have been like, I'm not going to go. Yeah, I jumped in and it like for five minutes I'm searching and I was like, I'm never going to find this thing because it just never ended how far deep it was. And this thing, and I didn't know where I lost it. And this thing's about, what, like 10 feet 30 yards? No, it's like 30 yards. Yeah. It's 30, yeah. 35 yards. Oh, long. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot longer. It's a long one. So we didn't know where to look. So we just started basically at the end and worked our way. Yeah. But then as soon as she started, mm-hmm. she like just took like three cubes out and boom, there they were. So just got lucky. Yeah, got super. So, glasses are frames are so expensive though. I'm not sure how just gotten these, and insurance won't cover if you like yes. use them yeah. or anything. Uh, whenever I was a kid, I got I tried to get my friend wrestled me a little bit on a dock in a pond, and it is it's like November, but the pond isn't frozen, and we're just fishing. But whenever I like got out of his hold. My glasses went into the pond and my dad made me snorkel in that pond for three days. Mind you, I don't have glasses. So I'm like having to look at this and I can't get too close to the bottom of the pond because then it's just mud. Yeah. So it took me three, three days to find my glasses. They were like two. I mean, I don't don't know. Three days. Oh, they said 30. No, yeah, three days. And I wasn't spending like all day in the water by any means, but it's a good life learning lesson that if I think I'm going to be surprise attacked, I keep my glasses somewhere else as a kid. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this lovely episode and stay tuned for the next one. See ya. Bye. You want to say bye? Bye. <laughs> <laughs>